Welcome to Hacking the Hustle. This is your host, Benjamin Sklar, and today I'm very excited to have Layla Sarper on the podcast. She's the host of Life with Layla, and it's an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing, Layla? Hey, I'm so good. I'm really excited. This is my first time being a guest on a podcast, so it's super exciting. I'm really tired. I have two little ones, and last night was a rough night, but... And I forgot about this actually until about an hour before. And I was like, cool. Okay. We're doing this in an hour. So I'm good though. I'm super excited. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I should have sent you a reminder. I feel like that's a good strategy to keep your guests in line so they don't forget it. Yes. I think everyone could use reminders and especially parents. Um, yeah. <laughs> things are crazy. So let's talk about podcasting. I feel like the theme of the podcast today is podcasting, content creation, and that world. So let's kick yes. it off with why did you start a podcast? Why did I start a podcast? I started it for many reasons. One, as a creative outlet, just to have a place to be able to put my thoughts and my opinions out into. Um, two, I just know that the value of having a personal brand is very important, meaning when people like your reputation. So when people Google you, like what comes up mm -hmm. if, uh, when they Google my name, if all these podcasts come up and these articles I've written and things like this on LinkedIn, then that's a really good thing for me. Even though currently I am a stay at home mom and I'm just figuring out what the next steps are in my career. My daughter just turned one. Uh, my second daughter. And Congrats. so, yeah, so that was the main reason I just knew that I needed to have a reputation online and, you know, just setting a foundation for anything I want to do in the future. How many episodes have you recorded so far? I just released 39, but technically it's, it's 38. One of them was just a podcast maternity break announcement. So but yeah, we'll call it 39. Nice. About to hit 40. <laughs> Let's go. I think you're my 63rd episode. Nice. I, no, I haven't, you're, I haven't you're recorded doing a podcast doing... in months. And I was, I just let it go for various reasons that are all excuses. And uh -huh. then when you reached out to me saying that you listened to my former podcast with Brian Smokovich, you really lit the fire under me and put the chip on my shoulder to get back into it because I recognize the value. It's so important to create useful content that's educational or entertaining for people. So it's so Layla, thank you. And I want to talk oh about like, God. okay, hold learned. on just really quick. Yeah. Let's go back to that. Cause first of all, you made my day that I'm just so that makes me really happy, but yeah, I, I listened to the episode and then I told Why? you that I thought you were, oh, okay. Okay. Cause I was gonna, um, the next day I was going to have like a casual interview with Brian mm -hmm. Um, more like a chat, but it ended up kind of being like an interview. I might work with, with, um, the NFT art platform that mm -hmm. he and, um, a woman named Kelly, uh, created mm -hmm. and yeah. So I was like, I need to get like the info on Brian. I need to just see like what he's about, just get his vibe and learn more about the company. And mm -hmm. so I did all of those things. And then, yeah, while listening to the podcast, I was super impressed with you because, you're just very, you just, I just loved how you kept it short and you kept things on track. And I don't know, I just thought you were a great host. And so I, and a lot of people don't reach out. Like, even if someone listens to something and they think it's good, it's so rare that people will actually message you. And so mm -hmm. if I were to get that message from someone, I would have been so happy. So I was like, I have to tell him. <laughs> I was so happy. Look at us now. Here we are talking. I know. And this is so freaking fun. And I'm so happy that you were, are back on it because first of all, hacking the hustle is an amazing title and you're good at it and it's just a great idea. So keep going. That means a lot to me, seriously. So, so what lessons do you think you've learned over the last 30 plus episodes? If you could go back and tell the person who you were before you started, what advice would you share? Oh, Okay. That's a great question. So yeah, so for anyone who's thinking about podcasting, which if you're thinking about it, that's a great thought and you should execute because it's a good idea. I would just say do more. And what I mean by do more is like, don't overthink it so much. Just 
you could even put out a five minute podcast. Like that's okay too. Like the thought that it has to be this every time it has to be this exact format and like, you know what I mean? Like thinking Mm -hmm. it's so serious. Like it's not like, it can just be like this 15 minute Friday or anything. Like you could just put out like you read a, you read a book or you read a quote and you wanted to just share that. And that could be the podcast that time. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would have told myself. It's like, it doesn't have to each time be this hour episode. It doesn't have to be this perfectly produced thing with the music and this and that. Mm -hmm. It's about the message. And so if I would, I I wish I could have told myself that, like, just have fun with it. If you have thoughts, just put them out there. People are on the podcast app and they like when they see a new episode, you know, and if the title doesn't speak to them, then maybe they won't listen to it. But my favorite podcast, I'm always looking to see if there's a new one. And so when I was going full force on it, it was once a week mm-hmm. and that's good. I mean, that's great, but I think I would have done more and just, you know, just like have, yeah. have more fun with it and not think it's like so serious, but yeah. Also before I launched, I was so afraid, you know, just to do this. And then now it's becoming more and more second nature, but I, like you took a huge break. I took a maternity break. So it was a year to the day, September Uh 3rd. And then September 3rd, like a month ago, I announced that I was going to, I put the first episode out and I was so excited because I was like, okay, I have to do this. Like it's the, to the day, one year break. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Denver. You say where I live. Yeah. I'm in Denver. Well, Aurora, but Denver Mm -hmm. Metro. Very nice. You're from Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Pueblo, Colorado. Why should people know about Pueblo? Gosh, honestly, (laughs) um, it's, it's where the Colorado state fair is. No, I don't know. It was a great place to grow up. It's just a small, it's, you know, it's like an average sized town, but I think Mm -hmm. I, you know, when I got older, I realized I wanted to go somewhere bigger, Mm -hmm. but it was, I had a great childhood. So that's nice. What podcast do you listen to? So the two consistent ones are the Gary V audio experience, which we talked about Gary V earlier. So I'm sure we'll get into it. And the second one I listen to the most consistently is the skinny confidential him and her podcast. Mm, never heard of it. What's that about? You'll probably really like it based on like what I see your episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a couple Lauren Everett's and Michael Bostic, and mm-hmm. they, he's a serial entrepreneur, his wife, Lauren, she's the creator of the Skinny Confidential, which is this huge brand now. It's a, it's a blog, it's a book, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and they just interview some of the smartest minds about everything. So it's kind of like my podcast where it covers a huge range. There's mm-hmm. not just one industry or anything like that. They, they cover entrepreneurs, they cover, I mean, it is business focused, but it could be like about Botox or it could be mm-hmm. about grass-fed beef or it could be about like brain like neuroscience so it's just a huge range right i'm actually not listening to podcasts right now which is crazy i used to be obsessed listening to podcasts all day every day but my podcast app for some reason glitched and i just deleted the app because it seemed like my phone was too filled with all the downloads and so now I've just been YouTube. I'm a YouTuber now in the sense of just watching YouTube videos, watching Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Brendan Bruchard, Grant Cardone, Lewis House, all the all the people that I think are just killing it out there, creating valuable content that's motivating and makes me want to take action. And like Gary V, Gary V got me into podcasting, I guess, similar to you. Just like oh yeah opening that's... my eyes to the value of creating content that's useful and yeah and so like Thanks. but I, like t- tell me about your fears around creating content like what what are you afraid of what's holding you back right now yeah that's a great question i think i think as we can all resonate with it's the fear of putting yourself out there and the fear of the judgment or the fear of showing your true self in some way, like your personality. Cause we all like to be, I mean, we don't, I don't know if we like it, but we're all guarded mm-hmm. in some sense. And so I think as you p- do more and more content, put yourself out there, especially through video, when you put out live videos or do any sort of video, I think you're really opening yourself up to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's very scary for people, but it's also 
it's also really important to connect with people on a deeper level. And that's like, will take you to the next level for business or personal relationships, like almost everything. So, yeah, I think, I think that's probably what it is for me. It's like, oh my gosh, like, and almost like the fear of not the fear, but it's like, like, I know all the upsides to it. I Mm -hmm. know the benefits of putting out more content and, you know, but it's also like, well, if I don't do it, then I'm, I won't have to fail like type of thing. Like, Mm. yeah. So it was like that. So I I almost did not start my podcast up again. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kept talking myself out of it. I was like, there's so many podcasts out there, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, doesn't matter. Uh That's not my voice. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was just Mm -hmm. like, I talked myself out of it so many times. I I probably should have started. I could have started a lot sooner, even though I was, you know, my, my daughter was super young, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's so easy to talk yourself out of things that you know are good for you so easy like working out that's that's a big one <laughs> yeah so how do you tell me about your strategy of inviting guests onto your podcast yeah that's a that's a good question and I think that also feels kind of intimidating when you're thinking about starting mm-hmm. but really the it's all just been organically like conversations that happened I've never I've never blind emailed someone ever. Mm-hmm. Not that, not to say that you shouldn't do that, but if someone's at that level, mm-hmm. they're probably getting a lot of those. Mm-hmm. If someone, if it's someone that you think that probably isn't getting inundated with that, you could probably still do that, like blindly reach out. But it's always, for me, it's always been organic conversations like you and I chatting in DMs mm-hmm. led to this. That's how it's almost all been. Maybe. Yeah, pretty much just DMs, like instant message type of stuff. Like on LinkedIn, I got um, a former Bronco player. Are you into football? Yeah, I'm a former okay. football player. Oh, cool. I got, I got my um, football helmet right next to me. Oh, nice. Um, well, I was a cheerleader in high school, and those were the best years of my life. I, I love saying that because I just had so much fun. I, I love cheerleading so much. Um, not super into sports. Obviously, I was watching, but... Um, Bronco player. Cause I'm, I mean, Bronco fan cause I'm from Denver. So I had uh, Benny Fowler on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he caught Peyton Manning's last pass. That's, that's a oh, thing cool. that he says. Um, but he wrote a book recently called the imperfect guide to success. And I, th- I don't know if I directly asked him, but yeah, LinkedIn messaging. Like, I think I messaged him on LinkedIn and he, at that time he was living in Denver and now I think he's starting up again with football, but it was right when COVID hit and we were going to meet in person. And I was so excited, but then it was right at that awkward time where everything was shutting down quickly. And so we did it over, over remotely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think just having a conversation with someone first and then seeing if you guys vibe and then I'll just be like, Oh, you would be a really great guest to my podcast. Stuff like yeah. that. I've made so many mistakes inviting guests. I feel like the main ones are I'll reach out to someone. And before I have the initial soft call, I'll just be like, Hey, like great being in touch with you again. I'd love to have you on my podcast. And they're like, no, I'd rather talk to you first. And then you tell me what your podcast is about. And you let me know what questions you're going to ask me X, Y, Z. And I just can tell immediately that they're not in this world of creating content, uh, listening to podcasts. They're fear-based They're They don't want to put themselves out there. And I understand that. So like, that's one thing. And then a huge other mistake I'm making is, which I'm learning not to is I'll like, I'll email someone, I'll DM someone, I'll message someone say, Hey, love to have you on my podcast, my podcast, because I think you'd be great. If not, no worries. Of course, I understand if it's not the right time or not the right fit. And I'll just give them an out. And I think that's such a big mistake because if, if my goal is to secure the podcast, why am I like shooting myself in the foot saying, no, don't, don't worry about it. I'm trying to be a good guy. But at the same time, I feel like everyone takes the easy way out. Right. They'll be like, okay, yeah, maybe not. Um, mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah. that is a good takeaway. I think, I think here's a strategy, like write down like if you come across someone on Instagram or in LinkedIn or in real life and you thought, oh, like they would be a good guest, but you don't feel comfortable asking at that time, make like a, make a Google doc of people that you really want to have on the podcast one day. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like you have to have them on next week, not even next three months, Mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, this person would be a good fit. And they're, I think they're super cool. Like write down your dream guest list. And then you have this huge running list, but then in the meantime, like make those relationships naturally. And then when you're talking to them, you know, and you've been talking a few times, then it will be like, it would be so much more natural to just be like, Hey, would you want to be on the podcast? Like, I think this topic would be really beneficial for both our audiences or whatever. That's so smart to engage with them before you go for the ask for months in advance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that way. And, you know, if it's someone that probably isn't doing a lot of podcasts and getting getting inundated with requests Mm -hmm. there, you know, they're probably going to be down. But there are people that are constantly getting requests and, you know, their time is so valuable. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a good I think that's good advice for anyone that's a podcaster or thinking about podcasting, like just make it, try to make it more natural because when I get the pitches for people to be on my show, um, which I haven't gotten lately because my shows is basically on pause for a year, but before I took a pause, I was getting all these requests for people to be on my show. And I was just like, no, I yeah. don't want you on my show. I, I, cause I don't know them, Yeah, you know, and they send me all their accolades and like their book. It's usually to plug a book or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh, no, mm-hmm. I could, you know, I'd rather just ask people I know. Right. That's such a good point. Look, I want to change topics and talk about why to create content. Why create a podcast? Why create a podcast? Great question. So I think for me, it's many ways, like I said, the creative outlet and to create the personal brand. But if we're speaking from a business standpoint, I think it's just one of the easier ways to, to create that authority in the space of whatever you're up to. Mm-hmm. So, and just to like that lead generation and just, you know, all the, like, to me, it's so much less intimidating, like podcasts, Wait, was the question about content in general? Um, I guess like why create a podcast? Like why put yourself out there? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like mom brain, (laughs) which is a real thing. You're just like um, sleeplessness. Um, Fun times. Um, Yeah. No, I think. I I guess like another question. I'll switch it before you start. Like how do you even know what you're. You, you said you want to have an authority on something, but how do you even know what you want to have authority on? Is it mindfulness, meditation, fitness, mental health, motivation, entrepreneurship? Like there's so many buckets that I feel like I could plug myself in, but how do you, how do you decide like what, who you are? Oh my gosh. I wish I had the answer to that. Cause I'm, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to figure it out too. No, I think the best answer is just anything that lights you up, anything that you're interested in. I think that we really try to box ourselves in to like one or two categories, but like, don't do that. Just talk about all the things you like, all the things you're interested in, especially people who are business owners. I think they get really caught in this. Mm -hmm. Like they think they can only talk about that thing. Right. Like, no, talk about everything that makes you human. Right. Parents, like your kids, sports, that's a huge topic that brings people together. Mm -hmm. I think if people thought about it as like a holistic approach, like if I can put out my whole self, all the things I'm into, all the things I geek out on, Mm -hmm. all the things I'm really passionate about. And also the thing I do for work like all together, that would be said, people would have so much more fun with it, but I think they think they can only talk about business, business, but the other things too. uh, That's something that I've learned from Gary V, how he talks about all these different things. And that's, that makes the person unique and that makes them you and, and and broadens your, your community. So many people will like you based off of maybe garage sailing versus NFTs versus this public speaking. So like, t- tell me Layla, who in five years, what would be the ideal goal in 10 years of who you would be as a, as a podcast podcaster, as a content creator, like who, who paint me that vision. So I know that as I'm trying to discover 
what I really want to do in life. And I have a marketing background. And so that's why I, I know all this stuff is super important content marketing. Um, I'm realizing I really am into the, the self-care mindfulness, mental health realm a lot. And that's a lot of the content I put out for my Instagram is really encouraging parents and specifically millennial moms mm-hmm. who are like me really to not to skimp on things that make them feel whole and to do their self-care and take care of their mental health, but also to go after the thing that they're really passionate about. Like I've really gotten that message from Gary Vee as well as you have to just do the thing that makes you happy because otherwise the regret is going to be so bad. Like down the line because you didn't try. And so, yeah, I would love to, you know, have an income based on either the content I'm creating and it doesn't have to be my full thing, but you know, a legit side hustle where I'm making some money off of, um, you know, I mean, podcasting, like interviewing people that are huge in that space would be so fun, but I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly just trying to figure it out. Yeah. What do you think is holding you back right now? Oh, I think what we talked about earlier, I think it's just the fear of like failure, which is so ridiculous when you break it down. Um, but yeah, it's like better not to try because then you won't fail type of thing. And I think also just putting myself out there is still kind of like scary. I think yeah. voice is less scary, but I do put myself on video all the time, like on Instagram stories and live videos. So I'm not even afraid of video. So yeah, what's holding me back? I think part of it is not knowing like what I'm specifically doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that if I had a business that I created that I was really passionate about, I'd have more of like yeah, a guiding light mm-hmm. towards something. But even if you don't know, creating content is good. Talking about not knowing yeah, is good because I think that a lot of people are in that same boat. Most, most people don't know who they, who they are, where they're going, who they want to become and what they're going to do about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to just figure it out. Just like we all are. It's, and yeah, that's, that's what I do a lot on my, I try to do on my Instagram. I need to do more of that, creating that community, but letting people know, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out. And that's okay. Cause on the internet, people do try to appear a certain way because mm-hmm. they're, they don't want to look like they're failing or that they don't know what's going on. And so the people that we resonate with are the ones who are like, Hey, like things are hard for me mm-hmm. all the time. Actually I'm doing this thing, but also things are really hard and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out. Those are the people I resonate with. Right. Same. So t- I, I want to talk about NFTs. You got, you, you mentioned NFTs and tell me like, what about NFTs got you going? How would you describe NFTs to my grandma and why is it important? So, yeah, I'm a, I'm still figuring this out. I'm very new to the space, but NFTs, uh, it's, it's, it's so funny though, seeing how it's becoming more and more not mainstream, but kind of mainstream. Like every day I'll see someone I know in my personal life getting into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm just seeing it just getting over that cusp. So yeah, non-hungible tokens. Like I think that's, what's really gotten people into the blockchain and cryptocurrency space in the last six months or so. So it's basically, if I was explaining this to grandma, I would say in the current state, it's like anything that's a collectible. Mm -hmm. It could be unique. It is unique and it's just the digital version of it. And so it's really big for artists. So artists can sell their unique piece of work as an NFT and they can sell it to anyone who is on the platform. So yeah, it's, it's so hard. It's really hard to wrap your mind around actually. And I'm still trying to figure it out, but by becoming a part of a community, then that's what really, I think helps you grasp it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I try to explain, like, I would never be into collecting like baseball cards or something, you know, 
but some people like people collect anything out there. People collect, I collected beanie babies. So to me, it's the same thing of why, like, if you can think of why people collected physical items, especially when I I don't know anyone now that collects a lot of physical items, but back in the nineties, when I was a kid, I just remember collections of things like stamp collections. So it's the same exact thing, but to me, it's even better because Mm -hmm. you can't lose it and you can't, they won't get dirty. <laughs> like, you were, don't you, were you accessing the community? Are you on Discord or what platforms are you on? Yes. Discord is, I think almost any NFT project now has to have its Discord mm-hmm. as it's placed for the community to live. Twitter too. So Twitter is huge for the NFT and blockchain community in general to talk and to share ideas, share product projects and mm-hmm. just to network it's huge mm-hmm. for networking but yeah i've you know i created a discord account many years ago never mm-hmm. used it um but now i'm really active in there and it's mm-hmm. you you just meet so many people and have so many conversations in there for someone who wants to get in like me from the ground floor starting day one where would you point me to go what, what's your advice um i would just, yeah, look at a few of the leaders in the space. And um, it's almost like sometimes embarrassing. So I'm like, Gary V for this, Gary V for that. So like, can you tell I like him? Uh Um, I do though, because he breaks everything down and makes it understandable for the average person. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's why I love him because he Mm -hmm. talks about marketing, but he makes it, I mean, that's his thing, but he talks about it in a way that's understandable. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of things are such high level and that's why I probably don't resonate with them. And Mm -hmm. especially in the tech world, it's so above my head. And especially in the blockchain world, same thing. A lot of things were so over my head, like just the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't connect with it. And so I think that's why Gary V's NFT project, V Friends, is what got me to super understand it and so yeah i would go to his website because he has tons of articles on it all the way from like he says you have to do 50 hours of your own research before Mm -hmm. you even start something like this because you know because you're putting in your hard-earned money um but yeah he has a lot of articles about how to open your wallet how to create your own um all the profiles so Mm -hmm. yeah i would go to his site because he makes it understandable Um, he got so many people in in the off one people talk shit about Gary Vee because they think he's this weirdo who's a raw motivational speaker on YouTube. And I feel like everyone who talks shit about him, who's a hater, there are people who are afraid to put themselves out there. They haven't made a single post that's educational or inspiring or uh, adds value to civilization. And they're just like pointing at this guy saying, screw Gary Vee because he challenges my identity, my ego. So it's like, hey, before you like, talk shit about him, check yourself. And everyone who loves Gary Vee is people who are trying to, to grow, are, are, are into self-development, personal development, high performance. They so. are. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. I, we could just have an entire podcast about this because I, I deal with that in my personal life like mm. people who are close to me or they'll they'll say something bad about him and it, it annoys me because they don't they're just looking at like one little clip yeah of what he said and actually this has been on my mind in the past 24 hours I watched a video yesterday of someone watching clips of his and then like roasting him essentially and his name is mm. Hassan is Hassan Pipe uh mm. He's a, he's a YouTuber actually. Um, and I actually really liked him. He's a Turkish guy. I'm half Turkish and, or he's Turkish American. And, and then he was doing this and I was so deeply hurt by it because I know who he is as a person. And he was just talking and I'm like, you can't just look at a viral like clip and then decide who someone is. So yeah. Like using Gary Vee for his own benefit. He's using yeah to create content about how bad he is. And I was just like, I mean, that's the epitome of the internet though, right? We take yeah. a clip of someone and then we've already decided who they are. They're yeah. just this awful person. So yeah, the reason I, to, to go back to the positive side, the reason I love to be in his community is because it's about people being kind to one another mm-hmm. first and foremost, that's the biggest tenant. And then also it's people that don't want to live with regret, mm-hmm. people that 
want to try things in the yes culture. Like, why not? Let's do this. You know? So how do I get involved in the community? Like, where is it? Okay. So, um, I can send you an invite after this for the V friends discord. So you don't have to be a V friends holder, an Mm -hmm. NFT holder to be Mm -hmm. in the discord. There's Okay, so there's only 10,000 VFriend tokens available. That was his original project. Mm-hmm. In the Discord, I don't know. It's well over 150,000 people. Okay. And you own there's, one of those tokens. Yeah, so my husband and I, we own, own three to get the total. And, and how much did you invest to buy those three tokens? Um, so we got them all three at the cheapest possible price. At, mm-hmm. It was po- a right around 0.5 ETH. So anywhere from like 2,500 to 3,000. I can't remember. Well, let's just call it 3,000. And today, how much are they worth? You think? Right now. I mean, I just got an offer for probably 35,000. Wow. For them. And, and those are just, those are just people that are lowballing me. So like, yeah. they just want to see if I'll bite. But um, if I were to like go list it for sale, I could probably get 50,000, 60,000, which is so insane because I paid 3000. Um, and life-changing it is, it's actually been so life-changing for some people. Like this is huge, huge money that we're talking about. And Mm -hmm. for some people, they bought the better tokens and those are worth like 200, 300,000, which is just, yeah. Oh my God. I I'm, I'm on this app called upstream that I'm loving. It's one-on-one chat roulette type of networking where you meet someone for five minutes and then it, uh, and then you go to someone next. And everyone on the app is super cool, legit in tech or blockchain. They're just like uh, very cool, motivated professionals mm-hmm. in, our, in our world. And everyone's talking about NFTs and blockchain and and how they're all making money on it. And I feel like I'm missing out. I, I feel like I'm really missing out. I have FOMO right now. So I feel okay. like I really got to educate myself of what's going on. Because five years from now, 10 years from now, I'm going to think, oh, if only back then I got into it. Right. No, I, I know exactly how you're feeling. Because I I mean, I'm I'm so grateful that I, I knew to get in on this because I trust I trust Gary V and my husband is, is in the Ethereum space. He is a co-founder of ETH Denver. It's the world's largest Ethereum hackathon mm-hmm. and it happens in Denver annually. You've got to come. It's in uh-huh. February. It's free. It's amazing. Um, but no, okay. I know how you're feeling, but I'll send you a couple articles, like 98% of the world has no idea about this. Mm-hmm. So it feels like the FOMO is so real because you know, it, it only started like six months ago though, really like this massive boom of people mm-hmm. getting into NFTs and making real money, selling their art and selling their intellectual property and stuff. But no, it's so early. All right. So here's the thing. My wife, her name's Barry. She's an artist. There's probably 50 pieces of art. Like you see the dog in the corner right here. That's a, oh my a gosh. that's a, you know, so she's a natural artist she's and amazing. there's so many portraits that we have around the house uh that are that are art pieces of art how do i get them on the blockchain and try and monetize them through nfts so oh my gosh and you're so lucky that you have brian so brian's is he uses your step yeah he's my wife's stepbrother okay so you're that's so lucky that you have someone like him in your corner that you could mm-hmm. like really talk to because i'm like you know kind of a noob just learning uh-huh. um but he's been in the space a long time in blockchain uh-huh. um and obviously his whoa this is crazy but yeah so the the platform that they've created mm-hmm. and is launching i think very soon any day now called mint gold dust okay that, that's what they're doing i mean it's a nft art platform and so that's wow. a great place to be especially on one that's more that's newer yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there's so many things that she could do. Like if she wants to actually sell some of those physical pieces, mm-hmm. then you could create the digital counterpart. Mm-hmm. That's, this is just one tactic, but she could create the exact replica as an NFT. How does and she then, take a picture of it? Um, really, you just have to create, like have the digital asset. So a picture essentially of it, the file, the the file, Mm -hmm. and then you have to like, you know, upload that. And when they say that you mint it, you have to like Mm -hmm. pay some fees 
like mm-hmm. pay the, the the gas fees to the transaction fees. When I say, when you hear gas, I didn't know what gas fees were. I was like, what? So it's just the, the transaction fees essentially. Mm-hmm. And you pay some, as the creator, you pay some fees to mint it and to get it onto the blockchain, onto the, you know, onto right. the ledger and up to the platform where people can see it. That's, that's it. I mean, just essentially I think of it as you upload it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really you're just uploading it and paying a fee to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, that's one tactic for an artist really is to create like someone that has physical pieces. Cause all these newer artists, they don't have mm-hmm. like physical pieces for right. the most part. They're just creating badass digital work. Mm-hmm. But for someone that's been in it for a long time and has physical pieces, a great way is to create a community and then you get the physical piece that can live in your wallet. And that way you can show off to the world easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also get the physical piece sent to you. Okay. I'm going to reach out to Brian. This you is good advice. Thank you though. Yeah, you just really so like, Hmm, this is a, a potential opportunity because my wife, she's a, a psychologist, a therapist. So she's also in mental health. So I'm sure you guys would get along. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would love to, to meet her one day or talk to her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's not a potential opportunity. It's, it's just the way everything will be done. Not just mm-hmm. like right now, when we talk about NFTs, we think art and collectibles, like those are the two kind of buckets, sports cards. Like, did you do NBA top shot at all? No. Okay. So that I did, we did that over the summer a ton before V friends launched. Mm-hmm. Now one's different. Cause you can use a credit card to pay. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's, it's not as, I mean, it's a lot easier because you can pay with a credit card, but that, that is still, and those are NFTs. But when Gary V launched his V friends, he wanted to make sure that he did it the legit way. People mm-hmm. had to have cryptocurrency. They had to have Ethereum. They had to have a crypt, they had to have a wallet. Mm-hmm. So that's why he did that, did it that way. He didn't want to do it the way with a credit card. And that would be totally right. different. Right. All right. Well, Layla, before I let you go, Let's do a fire round. Hmm. I don't even have my questions. My main question for you, Layla, is if you could do one thing to improve this world, what would you do and why? Oh, yeah. I heard you ask these questions uh, to Brian at the end. You did some fast questions. No, and I think you asked this and I loved it. I would continue my mission of improving. I just want people to go after the thing that they want to do because if people at least tried and if they failed, but then they wouldn't have that regret. So I just really, people would be so much happier because the world would be a kinder, happier place in general, if they were doing something that they cared about or were Mm -hmm. interested in, or were really good at. Mm-hmm. So I think, and especially as parents, like if I could, if I could make an actual impact, if parents could do that and the younger you learn this, the better, but especially like our age group, if mm-hmm. we could learn this now that we have to do what we want to do and be super selfish, but it's really hard when you have kids, but if we could be selfish in that way of, of making sure our mental health was taken care of, and we were going after the thing we actually cared about in life we would be such better, we will be better parents, which just creates a ripple effect of, of like parents affecting their children so much. Mm-hmm. And they often don't want their kids to make the same mistakes they made. And so they prevent them from doing business. Like don't do business. I, my mm-hmm. business failed. Happened you to know? me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, okay. Same. So my husband and I owned a land center, like a PC gaming center, um, a physical place. And, um, my, my dad who grew up in Turkey in Istanbul, he saw his father struggle with business a lot. His dad was a pharmacist, but he saw his dad struggle with business. Mm -hmm. And so, and my dad came here at 18 and he, I'm getting emotional about it. He, my dad and, and my uncle, they both did so well for themselves. And, but my dad always views everything from like, don't do business because it's too risky. It, Mm -hmm. you know he just wants like a lot of immigrant parents, they want their kids to just do the safe thing and have a yes. very steady career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I experienced it firsthand too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was it in your case? My parent, my, my dad's a lawyer and really wanted my, my siblings and I to go down the path of the conservative path, the proven path of 
going to law school, which I did, working at a law firm, which I am right now. And, and I, when I was in college, I had a startup that my father was against. I had a startup in law school that my father was against. It's just taking risks. It's, um, and it's not my father. It's like that part of society. It's this whole mentality of like, why take risks when there's proven paths that you could go down? So I'm going down that path, but that doesn't mean that I have to also not podcast, not put myself out there, not pursue my goals and dreams and, and find ways to integrate both of going down a proven path, I guess, of being a lawyer, which I am. I'm still waiting to hear back from the bar. So there's like this gap period of like, I'm not licensed yet. So I'm not really a lawyer, I guess, but I have the JD because I graduated from law school. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's like, it's like really... I feel like a lot of people will identify with it. Like, I wish th- this could be a whole other episode of like, like parenting is everything. Our whole world is run off of parenting. Like look at politics, the way people think it's all based off of the way their parents influence them. And so that's like, that's like next episode. We'll talk about parenting because it, it really can, if you don't have parents that support you f- pursuing your passions and pursuing what you want, and they tell you to pursue things that they think are what's best, but they never consulted you if they asked and asked you, what do you think about this? So do, do you like this idea? And they just force you to go down it. The, it, it it's actually a bad idea because the child resents the parents. They actually stop communicating and the, the child isn't happy doing what the parents told them to do. And they're not successful at it because they weren't supposed to do it in the first place so they it's hated just a, it. a lose 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 all the way around oh my gosh it is exactly that because yeah they're resentful they hate their job and they you know hate general life because they hate their job and then they who do they blame they're like you because you freaking made me do this mm-hmm. and then if i didn't do it you were gonna like disown me or just like make me feel like shit and so yeah. really it was just like yeah it's a total lose lose yeah i mean that's a huge way I mean, can we talk about like your, your news? Okay. No. Um, you can yeah. <laughs> um, edit. Um, no, but anyways, yeah. So that's, that's the biggest impact I see for myself um, is if I can change that behavior now mm-hmm. for people that are my age. So I'm, I'm 34. And so, you know, there's this age we're having a lot of my friends are having their first kid. And what so it's, it's like, it's such an opportunity to not do, and Mm -hmm. obviously we had amazing parents, right? Like I had, my parents are the best. My, my dad is the absolute best. My mom, they're both so amazing. I'm so grateful for everything they've given me for the life they gave me. If anything, like, I'll just say it. They probably helped me too much. Mm -hmm. And that's, if we're talking like back to this topic, that's probably where I am right now is that I I don't super know what I want to do because Mm -hmm. I don't really have, I never had a a huge drive to like Mm -hmm. create something for myself because I was, you know, had an amazing life and just could, I could always just get any job. And that's kind of where I'm at. I can get a job right now doing a lot of different things, but I do want something more. Um, so yeah, that to, to go back to your fire round, which ended up being a huge segue, but it's so important is that if parents could be fulfilled and happy, then they're going to raise kids that are that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so my wife always talks about how there's like generational curses. There's ways that families do things generation to generation. And you got to open your eyes and recognize that it's happening and be the person that stops that chain. So you can protect your children from the way things always were. It's like the thing that you always hear about in business. Like, like they just do things because it's the way it's done. They never ask if it's the most efficient and best way. Same. It applies to family dynamics and, and child rearing and parenting. It's like, like, I want to be the best father ever. I want to tell my son, I love him. And I want to, I want to be a father who tells my child they can be whoever they want to be as long as, and I'll really mean it though. Right. But actually mean it because I think we heard that message when we were kids, Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want to do, but don't do this, 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 or this. But like, I think I can already see it. My daughter, the older one is four and I know it's going to be such a struggle when she comes to me and wants to do something that, you know, I could probably have an opinion about, I could probably be like, that's like, that's silly or, you know, but the Mm -hmm. second, like you plant that seed, like, Oh, there you go. Yeah. Determined something 
in them that that you've thwarted, you know? So it's like how to be like just supportive and just, Uh just super supportive, but genuinely. And as, as a guide, I think that's our goal is like, we're just guiding them and supporting them. But yeah, it's so hard because I get it. You just want to, you just want to protect them. Mm-hmm. So. What yes, are we talking about? A parenting topic. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about parenting, NFTs, podcasting, everything that's important. Everything that's important or relevant in my life right now. Yay! Yeah, let's do some more. I I love it. This is so fun. It's fun being. It is fun being a guest because I can just kind of just just speak freely. <laughs> What's your strategy of, of being a, a host? Like for, for me being a host right now, I've learned from having uh, various episodes. I'll, I'll just only ask questions. I won't even say a word that's outside the question itself. And then someone will reach out to me and be like, dude, I'm listening to your podcast because I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. I want to hear your opinion. I don't, I'm not necessarily only interested in the guests. Like, can you chime in? Hello. And I'm like, wow, I never really thought of that. I should like, it should be a conversation, not just some like ping pong question, answer, question, answer. Yeah, that's so true. What, what episode did that epiphany come out where you're like, oh shit, I need to go like, back and like forth. I've done 63 with you, maybe like 60 episode 60, like literally like not that long ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Whoever said that was spot on the, the hosts that we love. Mm-hmm. They're all very opinionated. They're all very mm-hmm. knowledgeable. They're passionate overall, though. Like they they're doing their podcast because they care about some end goal. And hopefully it's the consumer or it's the mm-hmm. listener, whoever that is on the other end. And yeah. that's what we should be thinking about when we're right now. Like whoever's listening to yeah. this, A, thank you. Yes, but B, thank you. yeah they are listening to this because your podcast is called hacking the hustle. So they're inherently interested in a side hustle or working hard to better their life and self-improvement, as you said. So absolutely always chime in with your thoughts and opinions. Cause those mm-hmm. are the, we were exactly they're here for the guest. If you think about it, like all those YouTube shows, you just said mm-hmm. you're there for the host, like mm-hmm. Lewis Howes, love yeah. him too. Yeah. So same. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, like people who are leaders in, t- in society, thought leaders, they're just like you and me. All they do differently is they share their opinion. Their opinion isn't right or wrong. There is no such thing. There's just a spectrum of the far right, the far left, and there's somewhere on there. And there's always going to be more left, more right politically, wherever, whoever you are. There's always going to be haters. And so it's like, just throw yourself out there and let the haters come. That's actually a sign that you're doing something right because, you know, you're putting yourself out there. You're changing your life and the life of those who are listening. Yeah, so true. That was on my last episode or two episodes ago. It was about just starting. That was like my first one back from pot maternity break was like, you just have to start. messily right you just put yourself out there and then you just keep getting better and better and better yeah it was like if you're so lucky to get someone that talks shit about you it means you're putting enough content out there you're doing something that Mm -hmm. they have to comment on yeah and this this philosophy that we're talking about here like oh people are talking shit about me this is great i feel like it goes against everything that people who are talking shit believe in they're like no, no, no. Like I'm talking shit. That means you're doing something bad, but it's like, it's like the thing, like there's no such thing as bad press. Like, Oh, like look at Donald Trump. He's on TV all day, every day, back in the day when he was president, like everyone's like, Oh, like that's, we're talking shit about Donald Trump. He's on TV all day, every day. You're talking about him all day, every day. That means like at the end of the day, like you're talking about him. He has your attention. Exactly. And attention. That's the key word. And if I've gained, I mean, if I've gained one thing from listening to Gary Vaynerchuk's content mm-hmm. it's that attention is the arbitrage like mm-hmm. you could be selling shoes you could be selling green powder for health you could be a coach or mm-hmm. um, therapist yeah I don't care what it is mm-hmm. but you have to have some sort of attention right. to gain traction and that's to like to make this full circle mm-hmm. go back to your original question it's like why podcasting why content Right. Well, A, why not? But B, you have to have attention and that's the only way to get it going. Right. Is exactly. to put your thoughts out so there. Well said. Like 
I love how like I, I think it was Grant Cardone who said it, like no one's gonna buy my product unless they know who I am, and the only way they know who I am is through putting myself out there in the world. And so like from a business side, if you're a lawyer, doctor, bond trader, stock trader, private equity investor, who, whatever you are, like you have customers, there you have a marketing strategy, and you can either hide behind your computer screen and your degrees and think that your LinkedIn profile is gonna do everything for you, or you can actually uh share your voice like right and be right now proactive yeah yeah and like be on the offensive be on the offense right. exactly even if it's i don't want to call it even selfish in terms of like you want to do it for business that's not even selfish that's mm-hmm. just smart but like even if it was simply just to get awareness to your business or your product mm-hmm. in itself like isn't that enough mm-hmm. but other ways people are creating content is because they deeply care and they're trying to improve um, their audience's life in some way. And so like, that's the secondary benefit or the primary benefit is that you get to help someone at the end of the day by learning from your mistakes, or if you're an expert sharing Mm -hmm. your tips, like, you know, so it's just like, it's a total win-win, but getting over the hurdle is hard. I Mm -hmm. get it in -hmm. terms of being vulnerable. Like how afraid were you when you put out your first couple episodes? Yeah. Very nervous. And on that point of like, not only is there the hurdle of like starting like episode one, episode 10, but it's very obvious to me that I don't expect to make money from podcasting or YouTubing or creating content for years. I'm going to have to do thousands of episodes before I make my first dollar. So it's like, if you think we're doing this for money, that's not the the only way I'm going to get money is because I'm creating so much value, improving society to such a degree where people are going to pay me an economic exchange for that value, like which take years. And so it's it's not like, we're not doing this because of our, like our, economic interests like of course at the end of the day i'd love to earn an income and pay for the groceries by my podcasting but or pay for my mortgage with podcasting but that's not why we're doing it today yes and that right there like that clip we got to cut that one and make that a thing because people always ask me like are you making money off of it no i like just started two seconds ago Mm -hmm. so like the Thank you. Like if any, if you're listening and you want to start a podcast, just do it because you have a underlying reason why you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's huge for brand building and all your reputation, all that and lead generation, but like, don't do anything like blogging or anything podcasting because you think you're going to make money quickly because mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. And you know, yeah, that, just be you okay with that service. You have to lead with how can I, and make the world a better place? How can I serve? How can I make yes. my community happier? That's the name of the game. It is. Layla, I've, I've loved this podcast episode. I haven't done this and it feels like eight months. Like this is so fun. Thank wow. you. Thank you You're so welcome. Much. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy that you like restarted and I'm happy that I I was like, I can't, you know, I always thought like, I can't be a guest. Like, what would I talk about? But yeah. Oh, you <laughs> crushed you. it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll let you go, okay? Awesome. I'll let you know when this goes live. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good Sunday. You too. See you, Layla. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Layla Sarper, the host of the Life with Layla podcast. This was one of my favorite podcasts episodes that I've recorded to date. I thought it was so authentic and genuine. If you left a comment, let me know your thoughts. I'd super appreciate that. And even subscribe. See ya.